We begin with Taiwan reporting 14 local cases, the lowest in two months, and six deaths on Thursday as it took delivery of three shipments of COVID vaccines. One was Japan's third vaccine donation to Taiwan, some one million doses of AstraZeneca. The other two were orders made with the manufacturer, half a million doses of AstraZeneca and 350,000 doses of Moderna. With these latest shipments, Taiwan's vaccine total is now more than 8.9 million doses. The Japan Airlines flight slows to a stop. It arrived this afternoon carrying Japan's third batch of vaccine donations. CECC chief Chen Shizhong was on the tarmac to welcome the pilots, carrying blue signs with a message of thanks. These three shipments that have come one after the other will be able to cover 50% of our population. One dose is actually equivalent to 1.07 or 1.10 doses, so we will be able to vaccinate nearly 3.6 million people. I am thrilled this day. I want to once again thank the Japanese government and the people of Japan for this gesture of friendship toward Taiwan. The health minister said he was grateful to Japan for contributing to Taiwan's COVID fight. This latest shipment is Japan's third vaccine donation to Taiwan. Altogether, it's given 3.34 million doses of AstraZeneca. On the same day as the donation's arrival, Taiwan received shipments of vaccines purchased directly from their manufacturers. Two China Airlines flights arrived in Taoyuan in the same hour, pulling up to the apron to unload their cargo. The first flight was carrying 560,000 doses of AstraZeneca. The second was 350,000 doses of Moderna, flown in from Luxembourg. The shipments brought Taiwan's vaccine total to more than 8.9 million doses. On Thursday, Premier Su Zhenchang made a trip out to the Taiwan Taoyuan International Airport to inspect the handling of the vaccines. He thanked the people working behind the scenes to bring in the vaccines. We are grateful for Japan and the U.S. for helping us by providing the vaccines we need. At the same time, I want to thank our procurement team. Now the vaccines that we purchase are coming in, one shipment after the next. We hope that Taiwan's people will go get vaccinated as soon as possible. Once again, the premier called on people to get vaccinated as soon as they're eligible. Taiwan's third round of vaccine registration has closed, with more than 7 million people 18 years and older indicating their vaccine preferences online. On Thursday, a group representing migrant workers asked the government to offer online registration in more languages on the booking website 1922.gov.tw. Currently, the interface is available in Mandarin Chinese only, although foreign nationals with residency rights are also allowed to register. Despite the government providing a multilingual help manual, the Taiwan International Workers Association says it's gotten an avalanche of phone calls from migrant workers who need help with the process. Regarding vaccine registration, there is a huge problem, which is that the interface isn't available in other languages. So when they open it up, they have to navigate all this Chinese text to select a location. The system should be available in several languages so that others can use it as well. The group also says that nearly 70,000 undocumented migrant workers who will not be able to register on the system as they no longer hold valid resident permits. The group is asking their former employers and the government to work together to grant them access to vaccines. A Taiwan study on vaccine mixing is underway, authorized by the Central Epidemic Command Center. 
National Taiwan University Hospital confirmed Thursday that it's studying the efficacy of mixing AstraZeneca with Moderna vaccines. Previous studies done overseas indicate that certain combinations of vaccines can produce a stronger immune response compared to using the same brand twice. Although Taiwan currently does not allow vaccine mixing, the findings of its clinical trial could shape future policy. So far, we haven't seen studies overseas on mixing AstraZeneca and Moderna doses. So we should test it ourselves and get some clinical experience with it domestically to obtain scientific data. The CECC says that a clinical study on mixing AstraZeneca and Moderna is underway in Taiwan. National Taiwan University Hospital confirmed it on Thursday. The Central Epidemic Command Center granted permission for this study. There is a global shortage of vaccines, so there could be a point when you might not necessarily be able to get the same brand for the second shot. That's why we're researching this. This vaccination card from a medical worker shows that the first shot administered in May was AstraZeneca. The second one, administered July 13th, was Moderna. Getting medical staff to take part on a voluntary basis allows us to get findings faster. If the immunobridging process shows that the antibody levels produced by mixed vaccines are better than two AstraZeneca doses, vaccine mixing should be allowed for everyone. Experts say Taiwan should speed up its research on mixing vaccine brands. Previous studies in the UK, Germany and Spain have found that mixing vaccines can produce a better protective effect. A study came out today internationally on the efficacy of AZ followed by Moderna. It does appear that the effect of mixing AZ and Moderna is much better compared to two doses of AZ. The CECC said that although the WHO currently recommends using the same brand for both doses, it also respects other countries' decision to administer vaccines based on available stock. It also respects their decision to explore vaccine mixing through trials. The CECC said that the domestic study on mixing AZ with Moderna will be complete within three months. Local governments across Taiwan are thinking out of the box to encourage the public to get their COVID vaccine. In many cities, special vaccination centers have opened at picturesque locations. Nanliao Fisherman's Wharf, Kaohsiung Music Center and Qimei Museum, to name just a few. Officials hope the special centers will make the COVID shot an appealing offer for local residents. A bewitching golden light filters into Kaohsiung Exhibition Center. Outside, blue banners and a seaside view do a good impression of Miami Beach. This is Kaohsiung Mayor Chen Shimai's pride and joy. In addition, a vaccination center at Kaohsiung Music Center opened on July 15th. In order to maintain social distancing and avoid contact, we wanted to select the largest and most spacious locations that could handle the largest number of people to come and get vaccinated quickly. These beautiful centers are just the start of the vaccination destination trend. Not to be outdone, Xingzhu Mayor Ling Zhijian posted to Facebook a photo of a delightful vaccine site at Nanliao Fishing Harbor Tourist Information Center. You get a front row view of the ocean for your job here, Lin says, Taiwan's answer to San Francisco's Fisherman's Wharf. Meanwhile, Tainan Mayor Huang Weizhe has roped in Chi Mai Museum for his vaccine drive. You can come and get your shot and then enjoy the iconic architecture. 打疫苗就打疫苗. 
Getting a vaccine is getting a vaccine. You don't have to make aesthetic demands on it. Although our vaccine center at Chime Museum is the most beautiful, what every local government is working its hardest to do is to find ways to increase vaccine coverage and attract the public to come and get the jab. As Mayor Chimai has a background in public health medicine, of course I look to him for suggestions. Between us, there is only cooperation, not competition. In Taoyuan, vaccine center locations take a back seat, but classical Chinese orchestras serenade you. Some commentators online have complained that the music sounds like a parting dirge. But whatever you think of each city's vaccine gimmicks, it's clear that local governments across the country are trying hard to make the jab easy and comfortable for everyone. Interest in fertility treatments is on the rise after the government expanded its subsidy program for in vitro fertilization. One hospital in southern Taiwan says inquiries have tripled since the program's adjustment on July 1st. As of this month, subsidies of up to 100,000 NT are available to infertile couples, regardless of their socio-economic status. But the subsidies do come with restrictions, limiting embryo transfer to one per cycle for younger women to prevent multiple births. To boost the fertility rate, the Health Promotion Administration expanded eligibility for IVF subsidies on July 1st. Infertile couples can now apply for support of 60 to 100,000 NT. One hospital in southern Taiwan says inquiries are up threefold. The subsidy covers basic IVF. It doesn't cover any genetic testing or egg freezing or many of the other treatments. It covers basic IVF. At present, one round of IVF costs about 150,000 NT, excluding other treatments. Previously, IVF subsidies were available only to low- and middle-income households. Subsidies have now been extended to women less than 45 years old. The previous restriction of one subsidy per year has also been adjusted to three or six every year. Couples can get 100,000 NT the first time and 60,000 NT for each subsequent round. Women 35 and younger may not transfer more than one embryo per cycle. If they want to transfer more, they'll have to give up the subsidy. The rule has drawn complaints from some parents-to-be, but this physician says there is good reason for it. If you're a younger woman and you have two or three babies at once, that's not very good. When you're younger, there's a higher chance of each embryo implanting, so you don't need to transfer so many at once. Carrying twins is very dangerous for both the mother and the children. With triplets, the likelihood of them being underweight at birth is as high as 98.8%. This shows that the more babies you're carrying, the more likely it is that they'll be underweight. The Health Promotion Administration says it wants to prevent multiple births, a risk factor for a low birth weight. It's also expanded its partner IVF providers by four times, so that infertile couples can find a participating clinic not too far from home. Welcome back to Formosa News here on Channel 152. 
TSMC posted record second quarter revenue at its earnings call on Thursday. The chip giant reported consolidated revenue of 372.15 billion NT, a 2.7% sequential increase and the most for any single quarter. However, Q2 net profit was down 3.8% quarter over quarter due to lower profit from TSMC's newer 5 nanometer process. TSMC said it expects sales to rise more than 20% in 2021. We expect our capacity to remain tight throughout this year and extend at least into 2022. Everybody wants to have a peaceful Taiwan uh, Strait because it is to every country's uh, uh, benefit. Semiconductor supply chain in Taiwan, no one wants to disrupt it. Only a COVID situation already made, made a major disruption for the global economy. And I don't think that any, uh, any country w- wish to uh, make it happen. TSMC said it will expand production capacity in China's Nanjing, despite U.S. pressure to drop the expansion, with plans to reach 40,000 wafers by 2023. TSMC also commented on a deal it signed this week to buy 10 million Pfizer vaccines with Honhai and the Yonglin Foundation. TSMC chairman Mark Liu said the deal came together because of support from all sides. A U.S. military cargo plane touched down at Taipei's Songshan Airport on Thursday to deliver a package for the AIT. The Dornier 328, which took off from Japan's Okinawa prefecture, landed at 9.30 a.m. and left just 30 minutes later. It's the second time this year that a U.S. military plane has landed in Taiwan after a Boeing C-17 Globemaster III arrived with three U.S. senators in June. Local media say the package delivered could be the personal effects of the new AIT director, Sandra Odkirk, who arrived in Taiwan on Monday. Political commentators note that the use of military aircraft to deliver diplomatic parcels is unusual. They say it could be a reflection of expanded U.S. interactions with Taiwan. Former U.S. Vice President Mike Pence said Wednesday that now was the perfect time to sign a free trade agreement with Taiwan. He was speaking at the Heritage Foundation, a Washington-based think tank where he is a visiting fellow. During his speech, Pence said he believes China senses weakness in the Biden administration. He urged the new administration to toughen its stance on China. Pence said the U.S. engaging more with Taiwan would encourage other democracies to follow suit, make Taiwan stronger and also promote peace and stability in the region. There's an old saying that weakness arouses evil. For the first time since leaving office, former U.S. Vice President Pence has spoken publicly about the U.S.'s China policy. He urged the Biden administration to take a harder line toward Beijing. The Chinese Communist Party is the greatest threat to our prosperity, security, and values on the face of the earth. China may not yet be an evil empire, but it's working hard every day to become one. Pence said the U.S. should quickly decouple its economy from China in industries essential to the security of the U.S. and its people. He also called for deeper ties with Taiwan, saying that the time was ripe for a U.S.-Taiwan free trade agreement. We should also take this opportunity in history to strengthen the ties of economic commerce between the United States and Taiwan. Now is the perfect time to negotiate a trade agreement with Taiwan. It'll benefit both partners. 
while also helping Taiwan remain strong and secure. Engaging with Taiwan encourages other free nations to do likewise, and it promotes stability and peace throughout the region. Peng Si, Pence's prestige among conservative circles and in mainstream parties. On top of that, he's seen as one of the most likely candidates for the Republican Party in the 2024 presidential election. His remarks indicate the direction that the Republican Party is inclined to take. They also put pressure on the ruling Biden administration. The expert says Pence's remarks reflect the Republican Party's Taiwan stance and could also accelerate the signing of an FTA. They also show the rising importance of the Taiwan issue in mainstream U.S. politics. Now with the drought ending comes the return of nature. At Sun Moon Lake, bird watchers were delighted to see a colony of little egrets return to their home. The birds were driven away from their lakeside habitat by the extreme lack of water. After successive plum rains, the lake is once more at a normal level. But ecologists are watching carefully to see how the birds recover. As dawn breaks over Sun Moon Lake, nature lovers around the Daju area are amazed to see these white flowers glitter among the reeds. But on closer inspection, those are no flowers. They're little egrets searching for food. The early bird catches the worm, as they say. Photographers also caught the birds taking flight. Now that the water level has gotten so high, the little egrets are congregating on the reeds by the water. During the worst days of the drought, this Daju area turned into a parched yellow grassland. No water meant no food, and the little egrets were forced to relocate to other areas to survive. But with progressive plum rains bringing the water back, Sun Moon Lake is looking more like itself again. And that means the egrets are coming home. Now the water is full, and recently the army came and dredged the silt. Plus, it's breeding season. According to the Council of Agriculture's Endemic Species Research Institute, little egrets are extremely sensitive to their environment. When they thrive, that means the waters of Sun Moon Lake are healthy. But how long will this beautiful sight go on? Ecologists and bird lovers are watching keenly how the egrets fare this summer. Now let's meet one of Taiwan's proud Olympians, sports shooter Wu Jiaying. Tokyo will be Wu's second games after a challenging trip to Rio in 2016. Now with a new team at her side and more experience under her belt, Wu hopes her pistol skills will bring home a medal for Taiwan. It's a Wu Jiaying! Wu is 28 this year. She was part of the team that won silver in the 10-meter air pistol in the 2014 Asian Games. She's also won bronze at the ISSF World Shooting Championships. At Rio 2016, disappointing results led to tears at the venue. She wasn't getting on well with her Korean coach, she revealed. But now, she's won another shot at the Olympics, having qualified for both the 10-meter air pistol and the 25-meter standard pistol. I have more time to prepare this time. I experienced that Olympics four years ago when I had quite a lot of tension. And I can put that into my training now. How to regulate myself, what might happen along the way, and how to deal with challenges or problems. Wu has been in the limelight since a young age. She competed in the Shenzhen Universiade in 2011 at just 18, when a photo from her identity card went viral for her good looks. In private, she's always cracking a joke. 
But all clowning is left at the door when she steps on the shooting range. No more giggles until the job is done. We asked what she hopes for in Tokyo. What do I hope for at the Olympics? I hope I can get a medal. That's the big picture goal. But what I hope for for myself is to perform with the same standard as I normally do in training. The Osaka shooting range is Tokyo's home for sports shooting. There, Wu has her next chance to show her prowess. Residents of Yunlin County were shocked recently to see a change at a local elementary school. A statue of the first president of the Republic of China, Sun Yat-sen, has been repurposed for an unusual art installation. Some passers-by say the new setup is a bit disturbing, but teachers say it's all part of a study project to get kids thinking about outer space. Sun Yat-sen looks out from a window. The bronze statue was painted gold and encased in a space shuttle to create this unique installation. <laughs> School principal Chen Mingzhi says it's not finished yet, but will be stunning when complete. We will beautify the space next to the shuttle and there will be nine planets circling the shuttle. Some people are a bit scared of it. When it's complete, I think people will probably be less afraid. Chen admits the art piece is a bit hair-raising when spotted out of the corner of the eye, but it's all part of the school's space-themed studies. The classrooms each have their own themed murals too, with a techno-feature theme. The school wanted me to make the space shuttle, so I put Sun Yat-sen inside so he could fly up into the universe. Residents of Inling have more to look forward to as the astral decorations expand. Sun Yat-sen may not be on Jupiter yet, but he's on everyone's minds now.